Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 28 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. Today, we're going to talk about keeping your child and your family safe when in the outdoors. Anytime you venture out into the great outdoors, either alone with other adults or even introducing your children to our natural wonders, safety must be the number one goal. Any outdoor excursion should start with safety. We should adhere to the safety rules thoroughly and end the day with safety as well. As an adult, it is your responsibility to make sure that the kids that you are taking to the field remain safe at all times. This can be accomplished by learning and practicing various safety procedures. To ensure a safe outing, a good place to start is to become familiar with basic first aid techniques. First aid is the act of initial treatment by an individual or a group of individuals to address anything from a minor medical situation to a full-scale emergency. First aid can be used to treat an injury or a health issue in its entirety or at least until the victim is turned over to professional healthcare providers. If you are going to introduce kids to the great outdoors, you are going to need some type of first aid training. The simple act of removing a splinter to actually splinting or immobilizing a broken bone until the injured party can be transported to a medical facility and everything in between all falls under the heading of first aid. If your children are involved with scouts, they will learn first aid during their meetings and on their campouts. As parents, you can join your kids in this training. If not, check with their local American Red Cross for a list of upcoming trainings in your area. Another resource is your local hospital. There are often classes and workshops offered by professionals who may even offer a certification in that particular discipline. Every outdoor outing should have a well-stocked first aid kit available. A first aid kit should be kept in your vehicle and carried with you while engaging in outdoor activities. It should accompany you and your kids while camping, boating, hunting, or fishing. It should also be readily accessible and everyone, including your children, needs to know where it is located and what's inside. A first aid kit is of no benefit if you are several miles from your vehicle and are in need of treatment. Even if you are a few feet away from your vehicle, you must have the first aid kit or day pack readily accessible with these items handy should an emergency develop. 
We always have a first aid kit in our possession when we are participating in any outdoor activity. Our kit includes things such as bandages, anti-inflammatory cream, antibiotic cream, and a small tube of sting relief. This small kit has come in very handy several of times. In a situation where you may be stranded or even forced to spend the night outdoors, a properly stocked first aid kit needs to have articles for these three basic essentials. The first item is something to start a fire. These could include items such as waterproof matches or dryer lint for kindling. The second of these items is something to help with shelter. This would be space blankets or extra large trash bags. And finally, the third items are something to signal with, such as flares or whistles. As you can see, many of these items that we're talking about when going into the outdoors revolves around the number three. It's a quick and easy way to remember different rules of three. Three basic essentials, fire, shelter, and signaling. And also the rule of three goes like this. One can generally survive three weeks without food, three days without water, three hours without warmth, and three minutes without air. So keeping these rules of three in mind, this might better help you pack your survival kit. Some items include at least three roller bandages, alcohol swabs, a box of assorted adhesive bandages, pieces of moleskin to help with blisters, burn cream, antibiotic cream, hand sanitizer, scissors, tweezers, medical tape, cold compress, space blankets, an emergency splint, disposable gloves, sting creams, and antihistamines. Another thing to consider when going outdoors are burns. Burns are a common accident, especially around campfires. There are three types of burns, first degree, second degree, and third degree. Regardless of the type of burn, never apply butter or cosmetic creams to the wound. Also, never attempt to break blisters because if you do, the affected area will have an open wound that invites infection. Burns that are categorized as first-degree burns are surface or superficial burns. They can be dealt with by holding the affected area under water, preferably cool or cold, until the pain subsides. Burn creams can only be used on first-degree burns. Burns that are categorized as second-degree burns are more serious and normally accompanied by blisters on the affected area. These burns can be treated like first-degree burns by holding the affected area under water until the pain subsides. The difference is you should never treat second-degree burns with any topical creams. Cover the area with a sterile gauze pad and secure the pad in place with medical tape. Burns that are categorized as third-degree burns are the most serious and can be life-threatening if encompassing most of the victim. This injury is identified by skin that is blackened or burned away. Also, the victim may not feel any pain. If this does occur, do not try to remove any clothing, but only loosely wrap the area with clean towels or bandages. Seek medical attention immediately. Many times, kids are unintentional victims of cold or heat-related emergencies. When kids are having fun, they forget about everything else, especially staying hydrated or staying warm. As parents, it is our responsibility to keep our kids safe. 
That includes knowing when to prevent, recognize, and treat those potentially life-threatening conditions. It is important that children are taught at an early age to always wear a hat and apply sunscreen if they're spending any length of time outdoors. There are short-term and long-term consequences if these practices are not being followed. The short-term consequences include mild to severe sunburn. A water-resistant sunscreen of at least 15 SPF should be used. The long-term consequence is life-threatening. Melanoma or skin cancer is one of the leading causes of cancer deaths. Melanoma usually starts at a young age before it's even discovered later in life. Training children at an early age to use sunscreen and wear a hat while outdoors could actually save their lives down the road. Heat-related emergencies include dehydration, heat exhaustion, and heat stroke. Dehydration can occur at any time of the year, but it is more common in the summertime when temperatures and heat indices are higher. The best way to prevent dehydration is to stay hydrated by drinking plenty of water. As a parent, you know when your child is not acting right. If you suspect something is not right with your child, have him or her stop their activity, take a rest, and drink some water. Heat exhaustion is more serious than simple dehydration. Heat exhaustion is detected by nausea and dizziness or even fainting. It can also include headaches and muscle cramps. If this occurs, have your child lie in a cool or shady spot. Remove excess articles of clothing, and if your child is conscious, give sips of water. If not treated, heat exhaustion can turn into a more serious condition rather quickly called heat stroke. Heat stroke is a life-threatening emergency. Oftentimes, someone suffering from heat stroke is confused or even unconscious. When heat stroke occurs, do anything you can do to cool the individual down. Fanning air over the person and pouring water on the forehead, armpits, and neck can cool someone's core body temperature. Ice packs wrapped in a towel are also an excellent way of cooling someone down. Heat stroke is very serious and life-threatening. Get the victim to professional medical personnel as soon as possible. Frostbite is also a common condition kids experience in the wintertime. This condition occurs when the skin is in jeopardy of freezing. Most cases are mild, but in severe cases, fingers and toes can actually be lost. If your child is experiencing frostbite, the best thing to do is to get them into some shelter, such as a tent, building, or vehicle, and slowly warm the affected area by covering with warm and dry clothing or blankets. When our second oldest, Matthew, was eight years old, he got a firsthand lesson in frostbite. Being from the Texas Gulf Coast, severe winter conditions are not that common, and when they do occur, it's only for a very short period of time. On a family vacation to Montana, our boys witnessed a real snowfall for the very first time. We found a field and pulled the vehicle over to let our pleading children play in the snow. A few minutes later, Matthew was yelling in pain that his hands were burning. We got him back into the truck, dried off his hands, and wrapped a towel around him. He survived but cannot understand how people can live up here. Hypothermia is a condition that occurs when the body loses more heat than it can produce. 
This condition is very serious and can lead to loss of life. This condition can occur under any cold condition, but it is commonly associated with getting wet. Hypothermia often occurs in cooler weather. The chance of getting hypothermia dramatically increases if you get caught in a rainstorm, fall into a body of water, or sweat in clothes that are not designed to wick moisture away. If the wet clothes are not removed and replaced with dry clothes, and there are no other ways of raising the body temperature, then hypothermia will generally set in. The signs of hypothermia include uncontrollable shivering, confusion, and lack of balance. In severe cases, it might be necessary to remove the victim's wet clothes and place the person in a sleeping bag. You can even have another person get into the sleeping bag with the victim to transfer heat from one to the other. Kids find the most unique ways of cutting themselves. In a situation that involves a serious cut resulting in severe bleeding, direct pressure should be applied. Place a bandage, rag, or even a shirt over the wound and apply direct pressure. If the item being used becomes saturated with blood and the bleeding has not stopped, do not remove the blood-soaked pad. At this point, you should add more padding on top of the wound and soaked pads until the bleeding stops. Do not lift the pad to inspect the wound. This could cause it to start bleeding all over again. After the bleeding has stopped or is under control, the padding should be secured in place with medical tape or a rolled bandage. Animal bites, insect stings, and poisonous plants are other dangers that parents need to know how to treat when taking their children outdoors. Animal bites must be thoroughly cleaned and bandaged. Because of the risk of diseases such as rabies, distemper, and other infections, the victim should be seen by a doctor as soon as possible. If the bite comes from a venomous snake, the individual should be laid down and told to remain as motionless as possible. All jewelry and tight clothing should be removed due to the possibility of swelling. Let the wound bleed to remove some of the venom. If medical personnel cannot come to the victim, then the victim must be taken to a medical facility with as little movement as possible by the victim. The person administering first aid should never try to cut the skin and suck out the venom by mouth. They should not apply any electrical shock or even ice the area. Do not give any painkillers or aspirin to someone bitten by a venomous snake. This can actually help the venom to attack the rest of the body by thinning the blood. There is very little that can be done with a snake bite victim except keep them still and get medical help. Stings from wasps, bees, hornets, and bites from spiders, including the venomous black widow spider and brown recluse spider, can be very painful. Sometimes the victim will go into anaphylactic shock. This will require immediate medical attention. Likewise, any bite from a spider needs to be looked at by a doctor. Any bite or sting from an insect needs to be thoroughly cleaned out and have a bandage applied over the area. If the stinger is still lodged in the skin, it should be removed. Like treating for a snake bite, do not give the victim any painkillers or aspirin because it could actually help spread any venom by thinning the blood. Kids will almost always come in contact with poisonous plants such as poison ivy, poison oak, and poison sumac. 
If your child comes into contact with any of these plants, wash the area that came in contact with the vegetation immediately with soap and water. The oils from these plants take about 15 to 30 minutes to cause a reaction to the skin. If the skin starts to itch, try not to let your child itch and scratch that area because it will only spread the irritating oil to other parts of the body. Non-prescription treatments such as calamine lotion could help ease their irritation. Everyone reacts differently when exposed to a poisonous plant. Some people have no reaction at all, while others have severe reactions requiring medical attention. Something to always be mindful of when going outdoors is the weather. Weather offers other unique challenges to outdoor safety. Thunderstorms, tornadoes, snow, sleet, and so on are dangers that need to be considered when planning an outdoor excursion. Watch up-to-date weather reports before taking off on any trip. If the weather forecast looks threatening, cancel the trip or reschedule or do your best to be prepared. Remember that you are introducing your children to the outdoors. You want to do everything possible to make it a memorable and enjoyable experience. One of the advantages of modern technology is the ability to download multiple weather-related apps onto your smartphone. I rely on three different weather apps daily when traveling to and from work, planning our weekend activities, and I refer to them frequently while on vacation. On a recent trip, these apps prevented us from getting caught up in dangerous weather on several occasions. We had already driven all day, pulling a 33-foot trailer behind us, and we were looking forward to the last two hours of our drive, ending up in southern Colorado. There is a stretch of road between the Texas Panhandle and Raton, New Mexico, that is wide open with nowhere to go but forward or backwards. As we were nearing the stretch of highway, the sky started to darken and looked very threatening for as far as we could see. I pulled up my many weather apps and found numerous severe thunderstorm, flash floods, and indications of possible tornado warnings in the area that we were about to enter. Fortunately, there was a gas station and fast food restaurant ahead of us where we stopped to fill up and eat. We closely watched the storm on my phone's radar travel south of where we were headed. The storm seemed to clear for us to venture onto this long and open route ahead. Several other travelers who were also pulling large trailers and even a pack of motorcycle riders were doing the same thing we were doing, closely watching their phone's radar before they ventured onward. As much as my family laughs at me for always looking at my phone and always watching the radar, this time it certainly paid off. With fingers crossed, we headed west. About 30 minutes into the drive, we realized how lucky we were. The ground was blanketed in a thick layer of quarter-size to baseball-sized hail. It looked like snow as far as you could see, looking right and looking left. The storm indeed passed through this area, and the radar was correct in predicting the high winds and heavy rains. There were large puddles in the fields all around us, remnants of the recent squall, and the sky slowly started to brighten. We made it to our destination unscathed, thankfully for the modern conveniences of technology. Something else important to consider when going outdoors is water. Many outdoor activities are either centered around or near water, such as rivers, lakes, and streams. Drowning is the biggest threat when children and water mix. It is always a good idea to have a properly fitting Coast Guard-approved 
child's personal flotation device, or PFD, for each child when they are around water. This allows for kids to explore along the water's edge without being within arm's reach of their parents. Even if on a pier, it is wise to make sure that children are wearing a PFD. Often, piers are at a height that if a child were to fall off or through the railings, it would be impossible to reach down and pluck them out of the water. Activities around fast-moving water add to a potentially dangerous situation. No child should ever be near fast water without a properly fitting PFD. This precaution should be adhered to because if a child without a PFD falls into a fast-moving river or stream, the outcome is usually not good. Fast-moving water can be so dangerous that even a child wearing a PFD can drown. Strainers can force an individual wearing a PFD under the water, trapping the victim in the debris and making escape almost impossible. A strainer is usually a fallen tree or a broken limb lying horizontal just above the water surface. This debris is situated perpendicular or close to perpendicular to the rushing water. Strainers force water, trash, and people under the debris, creating a life-threatening situation. Another fast water threat is the potential for hydraulics. Hydraulics, also known as whirlpools, is caused by dams, spillways, low water crossings, and natural geological formations. This phenomenon is created when water spilling over the structure of formation spins and rolls at the base. In a hydraulic, water, trash, and people can be circulated continuously from the water's surface to the bottom. Hydraulics can drain even the strongest swimmer and are powerful enough to pull a person wearing a PFD down below the surface. The debris in a hydraulic can also pose a threat either by pummeling, entangling, and preventing the victim from returning to the surface. When around fast-moving water, take the opportunity to teach kids the dangers and what to do if they find themselves suddenly in the water. Start out by letting your children feel the force of the water. To do this, find a safe, low-sloping shore near the fast water. While physically holding some part of their body or clothing, let them lie on their stomach and carefully work their way to the shoreline and with one hand touch the surface of the water. Once they feel and hopefully understand the force of the water, they can be taught techniques to increase the odds of survival if they fall in. If anyone finds himself or herself in fast-moving water, with or without a PFD, there is a proper position to get into. This position is number one, turn on your back. Number two, get your feet out in front of you. Number three, keep your back straight. And number four, cross your arms over your chest. While in this position, the individual can use his or her feet to push off of obstacles or other potentially dangerous threats. By using your feet to come into contact and steer your body away from obstacles, you can prevent serious head injuries. This position also helps in dealing with strainers. You can use your feet to push off a strainer and get around it. You can also use your feet to get yourself into a position to grab a sturdy part of the strainer and pull yourself out of the water. It is also possible to survive getting caught in a hydraulic. If you are caught in a hydraulic, the main thing to remember is to not panic. 
Once you find yourself in a whirlpool while on your back, extend your arms and try to swim out of it by using the backstroke. If you are pulled under, do not panic and take breaths of air as you surface. As you are being circulated, try to swim out of the hydraulic, or when you get pulled to the bottom, push off with your feet away from the structure or formation. If you find yourself moving downstream and there are no immediate threats, extend your arms and start steering yourself to either shoreline. If you are not having any luck getting to a shoreline, look for an eddy. Eddies are usually located behind a solid item that diverts the flow of water. There are two things that usually cause an eddy. The most common eddy is caused by a large rock or boulder in the river or stream. The other common thing that causes an eddy is when the shoreline sharply angles away from the river or stream. An eddy is caused when the water in a fast-moving river or stream is diverted around the object. As a result, there is a patch of calm water that is not exerting any force on any other object or person. A large adult can remain in an eddy caused by a relatively small object or rock effortlessly for an extended length of time. Eddies provide a safe place to wait while help is on the way. In other words, an eddy can save your life if you know what to look for and how to get into it. A dangerous situation when venturing outdoors is the risk of a flash flood if you and your child are going to be in a flash flood prone area. Even though you and your children may be in a low area under clear skies, a storm several miles away in the mountains can cause a wall of water rushing to the unsuspecting families engaged in outdoor activities. You should always talk to park rangers, emergency first responders, or government officials to make sure there are not any threats or official warnings issued in the area you plan to visit. From June 1st until November 1st, something that people along the Gulf Coast are very aware of is hurricane season. Anytime you are planning any outdoor activity or outdoor adventure, keep an eye to the waters and eyes to the Gulf. Have a plan. Know where you're going if you have to evacuate. Know several different evacuation routes that you have to travel because anybody who's ever been in the midst of a hurricane or one coming your way knows that the highways and freeways turn into a parking lot rather quickly. Have a plan. Know where you're going. Have a go bag or an emergency prepared kit that you take along with you and be ready to go to be safe. Another safety concern for the outdoor family is following the safety rules around fire. Campfires are a staple of camping, but there are ways of doing it right to prevent accidents. Forest fires seem to be more in the headlines than ever before. The first thing that needs to be done before a fire is lit is to find out what the fire danger is, if there is a burn ban, and any other legal obligations. Many forest fires have been caused by careless campers that fail to follow the basic fire safety rules. Each year, fires are unintentionally started. Some of these fires are quickly extinguished, while others grow swiftly and rage out of control, causing evacuations in neighborhoods, extensive damage, property loss, sometimes injuries, and even death. 
No matter what the adventure, we do our best to prepare ourselves for whatever situation we encounter. We always ensure our family is safe while providing hours of entertainment and activities along our journey. Everything we do, we do with the best of intentions of our kids in mind. We plan our vacations, coordinate our campouts, and choose our hikes and day trips accordingly. We make sure our days are packed with memorable encounters for our boys to carry with them throughout their lifetimes. Our hope is one day each of our boys will raise each of their own kids as wild kids just like they are. There is no better adventure than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters, and creating memories to last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit us on Facebook or on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.